This is Taylor Cummings, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Omel are showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside wrap. Oh, scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. We're here with Taylor Cummings, four-time first-team All-American at Maryland, the only three-time Toroton winner, world champion, and the newest member of Athletes Unlimited. Taylor, thank you for joining us. How's it going today? Thanks for having me. Excited to be here and chat with you guys. No, absolutely. We're going to get to the Athletes Unlimited news a little bit later, but we always like to discuss how our guests got involved in the sport of lacrosse. Um, you grew up in Baltimore, which is obviously a hotbed for lacrosse. When did you first pick up a stick? Um, I was probably six or seven when I first picked up a stick. I moved from Richmond, hadn't ever seen the game before, didn't know what it was. It wasn't ever present in any of the circles I ran in as a seven-year-old. Um, so when I got to Maryland, I was really curious to see what this was about. Everyone on my street had sticks. All of my friends were starting to get into it. And um, being that I was new to the area and looking to kind of make friends and, and get into a different sport and somebody who loved to just play and be outside, lacrosse seemed like a good thing to try. Um, I started with soccer and basketball first and picked up lacrosse last. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and you obviously stuck with it, right? And you went on to play at Maryland and play for, for Coach Reese and the Terps. She's an awesome person, phenomenal leader, five-time champ. What really was it about her in Maryland that enticed you? I think the thing that really struck me the most about Maryland and Kathy is just the culture she had created and the culture of the program. There was this tradition of excellence and tradition of, you know, winning that was obviously, especially to a 15, 16 year old, really enticing. It's something that, you know, it was a goal of mine to, to win a national championship. And I think the programs I was looking at, you know, they, that was possible for many of them, but I think what really stood out to me was Kathy's personality and the, and the balance that she was able to provide for her players, you know, working hard, but also having a lot of fun, making lacrosse fun again while competing at the highest level. Um, that was a worry of mine going into college. I didn't want to be a robot and I didn't want to just be playing lacrosse and I wanted to enjoy my college experience and, and be around people that I was going to be friends with for life. And she was somebody who made that very apparent that that was her goal. She wanted to find that balance. And she's also like one of the nicest, warmest people, like just has an infectious personality that drew me into. So it was really her and the culture that she was trying to build at Maryland that really stuck out for me. No, that's awesome. And you obviously had a ton of individual success, um, you know, winning three Toroton awards, but also team success too, making it to the national championship every year you were at Maryland. What made those teams so special that allowed you to kind of make that run and perform at such a high level? You know, each team each year was really different. Um, my freshman year, we had the reigning attacker, midfielder, and defender of the year coming back. So we had Katie Schwartzman and Alex Oss and Ileana Sanza. So there was so much veteran leadership on that squad that 
you know, I kind of was able to learn from the best and be guided. And that was so helpful my freshman year. And then sophomore year, they all graduated. And so we were left with, I think five or six starters, maybe, maybe five who had played significant portions of the past season. And, um, we had a great freshman class and it was a lot of rebuilding that year. And I think we had lost my freshman year and the national championship and triple overtime and the longest game of women's lacrosse mm-hmm. ever. And while that was awesome for the sport, it totally sucked to be on the mm-hmm. opposite side. So we kind of didn't, we wanted to get back there. And, um, I think each year, you know, once you're there, that's your goal and tasting it, whether you lost and you want to get back and avenge it or whether you win and want to win again. Um, that was the goal that we all, that was the standard. And that's where we wanted to be at the end of the year. And each team, you know, my sophomore and and senior seasons were very similar in that we had only a few returners and a lot of freshmen, my junior freshman year, we were very veteran heavy, heavy. So, um, I think the teams were different each time, but the goal always was we're doing the work in September to get to May and, we just believed in that. And I think that belief in each other, I, I will say, you know, I never in any of the years walked into a game thinking we were going to lose never. And it had nothing to do with being cocky. It had everything to do with like trusting each other and knowing how good my teammates were and how much promise we had that I, we had the belief every single game we went into that we could compete and win. And I think that stems a lot from Kathy and the culture and I think the years prior to kind of building that up. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And, and speaking of titles, you were also a member of team USA that took home the goal with the world championships in England in 2017. Talk a bit uh, about that experience and that squad as well. U.S. is a totally different experience and it was something that was really interesting to be a part of, especially while being at Maryland, because I was on it my sophomore through senior year. And then the year after I graduated was world cup. Um, so what's interesting about us is it's a four year long tryout process. So nothing's ever guaranteed. You're never, you don't know if you're going to be asked back every single training weekend, you have to try out all the time. So it's really Mm -hmm. mentally grueling. Whereas in college you're on the team, you're not getting cut. You might not play all the time, but at least you're there. And so that was really tough mentally and, and physically to have to go through, you know, for four years, it's tough. Um, but once I made the team and I was on you know, that 18 person roster for, for world cup, the immense, you know, relief and pride and being proud of, I was so proud of myself for making it through four years because four years felt like a long time when your first events in fall 2013 and your what you're working for is in fall or uh, summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really cool accomplishment just to, to make that team and then to go over there and to win a world cup and to win the world games and finally experience what we've been talking about for four years, yeah. um, was awesome. You know, we were over there for three and a half weeks, um, uh, with a great group of people. We had vets who were 32. We had college kids who were 20 years old and everywhere in between. And we were a lot of different, you know, a lot of different ages, a lot of different experiences, but the group we had with our coaching staff just really bought into each other and bought into the system that we were playing. And most of all, just wanted to represent our country really well. And 
and the brand of lacrosse that we had become to be known for. So that was an awesome summer. I wish I could go back and relive it. We were back in dorms and we were, it's like college again. So it just felt really fun to, to be a part of all around and to win was even better. Yeah, no, that's great. And talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the new implementation of uh, some of the new world rules coming into play and the potential of playing in the Olympics. Is that something uh, you, you'd like to pursue? I mean, I'm really excited for World uh, the Olympics to hopefully yeah. happen in 2028 and for lacrosse to be in it. Um, I don't know if I'll be playing at that point. I'll be, um, I think I'm 34 at that point. So might be a little too far out of reach, but if it's in there, I'm going to be cheering my butt off. Maybe I'll come out of retirement. Who knows? Um, but you know, I think this is just a really cool opportunity similar to rugby lacrosse is going to have to take a little bit different of an approach from its normal game in order to get in. Um, it just all has to do with the amount of people on a roster, the amount of people in the Olympic village, like it's a lot of things outside of the actual game that determine whether teams are able to, whether sports able to enter into the Olympics. Sure. Um, but personally, I think, you know, I enjoy the, the Olympic rules. It's fast. It's like basketball. It's up and down the court. There's a ton of shooting, a ton of offense, um, a ton of, you know, back and forth, which I think for viewers who know the sport, they enjoy it, but also for viewers who've never seen it before, they can draw on a basketball or something similar, a hockey to kind of mm -hmm. get into that flow of, okay, this is, this makes sense. This is what I'm watching. So I think it's, it's, it's helpful in a lot of different areas in terms of viewer recognition. Um, and it's fun. It's super tiring. It's mm -hmm. the fastest 28 minutes ever, but it is, you're, you're, you're very tired. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I bet. Um, and, you know, you, we saw there were kind of the trial run with the U.S. national team playing the WPLL Stars a couple years back. Um, moving on to the pro game a little bit, let's discuss your early pro career. You started off with the Baltimore Ride in the UWLX and then with the WPLL fight. Talk about, you know, making the jump from college to the pros, especially since, you know, women's pro lacrosse was still kind of a new concept at that time. Yeah, it was definitely a really interesting transition. I remember being our first game in the UWLX was in Boston, like a week after the Torton ceremony and Kayla trainer and I were on a random field in Massachusetts playing a game. And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, wow, like this is a big difference and it's, it's different than playing for college, but at the same mm -hmm. time, like at least we're playing, at least we have something to participate in because that was the first year our, our senior after our senior year was the first year that there was any league. So mm -hmm. it was really exciting to, to be sort of at the forefront of the professional women's game. And then we obviously transitioned into the WPLL, um, and now into AU. So there's been a lot of changes, but that's kind of right in right in line with how a few other women's professional leagues have gone, just trying to find the right model and what's going to work. And I think a lot of it has to do with timing too. And um, it's just been great. You know, you're playing against people that were your rivals. It's very, it's a very similar situation to us where your teammates are not always the people you played in college with, but they're people mm -hmm. that you competed against in national championships and final fours and conference titles. And you'd think there'd be a lot of like animosity and, you know, 
tension, but there's not, and you're just excited to compete and play against, you know, the best of the best. And I think for us, you know, we're so grateful just to any opportunity to play. And at the same time, we're working so that, you know, this next generation doesn't just have to be grateful that there's an opportunity, but that they can actually make something of themselves in the professional leagues and that it can be their career entirely. Mm -hmm. No, and that kind of brings us to the biggest news of the week with the announcement that you'd be joining uh, the AU to compete this summer in the inaugural season. Talk about your excitement uh, for this season and this new iteration of the women's pro game. Yeah, definitely really excited. Um, It's a completely different model. So you're going in with a lot of questions about what's it going to be like, you know, never played anything like this in terms of a setup with different teams every week and whatnot. But at the same time, you know, it's another opportunity to play and to compete. And I know for a lot of us on the U S team, we haven't played together since 2019, November of 2019. So we're excited to just get some games in too. And, and, really lift up the professional league and also get practice for, for world cup coming up next summer. So I think it's, it's a great opportunity. The AU's had a ton of success with their softball and volleyball league that's going on right now. And um, I'm excited to see the lacrosse version and be a part of it too. No, absolutely. We're certainly looking forward to that. And uh, you know, it's been nice seeing that athletes unlimited could come in and kind of build off of what WPLL had left. Um, I want to talk a little bit about boosting the women's game a little bit, not just, you know, at the pro level, but also college. I know you've been pretty vocal about how, you know, certain women's D one broadcasts aren't even having announcers and, you know, it's just kind of ridiculous, especially when they're charging a price for people to watch. Um, Talk a little bit about how you really think we can grow the women's game. Yeah. The, the, this spring has been an eye opening experience. And I think the more I've gotten away from actually playing in college, the more I notice this, these massive discrepancies, because when you're in college, you aren't watching other games go on while yours Mm -hmm. are, and you don't necessarily, you sort of live in your own bubble a little bit. And, Mm -hmm. um, now that, you know, I've been out of college for a few years, I've watched lacrosse all the time now and, um, to not have scoreboards, to not have announcers for big 10 games where, there's smaller schools doing it for free. There's smaller conferences doing it for a fraction of the price. Um, I think is unacceptable flat mm-hmm. out. Um, a lot of people are wondering what they're paying for. And frankly, so am I, if it's just for the men's productions or if it's for the women's as well, especially right now in COVID times, because we can't get fans to games. This is such a great opportunity to expose people to our, our the women's game and to give them an opportunity to watch it and see and learn and understand it so that either they go and play or they tune in and watch it when professionals are playing or world cup is in mm-hmm. America or what, or and the college game is on ESPNU, whatever that may be. And I think, you know, TV viewership and numbers of, of how many people are watching streams dictates a lot of the money and it dictates a lot of what goes into these non-revenue sports and we need all the help we can get. And people are going to start turning off the TV and shutting their computers. If there's no announcers and no scoreboards. So I just think it's unacceptable. I think, you know, they, the league and the schools that aren't having announcers need to do right by their female athletes and, and figure it out. 
No, I, we wholeheartedly agree. It's, um, you know, I'm in the broadcast space, um, more on the pro side of things, but like to not see, you know, scoreboards even is like ridiculous. How are you supposed to pay attention to, to what's going on? And, you know, I, I think it's disingenuous to, you know, kind of charge people money if you're not going to give them the product that everyone comes to expect. And it, you know, like you said, it doesn't take much. There's, you know, other division one, smaller programs doing it, even division two, II, division three. Um, and during this age, it's important that the streams are up to the standards that, you know, we've come to expect. Absolutely. And I think it makes it worse when men's programs at the same schools are getting two announcers and multi-camera views and scoreboards. And it's just really a slap in the face to the women's programs. And um, we're just, you know, we'll, we'll stay on it and hope that, you know, something changes in the future. Cause I know there'd be people who would do it for free, but also females and people shouldn't have to be willing to do it for free. Mm -hmm. There should be, you know, opportunities to get students in or, or have people just go into the booth and do it, do it for a price too. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And you've been getting in the booth a little bit this season, right? At, at Loyola. How has that experience been for you? It's been so fun. Um, you know, I watch lacrosse all the time. So just to talk about it is, you know, pretty easy. I just kind of speak what's on my mind. Um, but I think the sport and especially the women's game is so needs to have women who've actually played as announcers because we can mm -hmm. explain what's going on and actually talk about strategy and to talk about, you know, the goals of the offense or defense or in the draw circle. And I think having that representation of, you know, females in the booth is so critical because it just helps viewers, like I said, who turn it on and don't know what's going on, start to understand it a little bit. And it's not as, um, completely unknown as it could be. So I think the more we can get, like, I think Dana Boyle for the ACC has done awesome because she gives that player's perspective. She gives more insight into the game itself. I think the more we can do that, the better, and it's going to help, it's going to help our sport as a whole. Um, it's going to help women, but it's also going to help the sport as a whole. Sure. And, and you, we've been talking a lot about growing, growing the game. You're also growing the game from the sidelines, right? You're coaching at McDonough. Talk about coaching for your alma mater uh, and how, when did you decide to get on the sidelines? I think this is my fourth year with them. So my first year I was an assistant and then I've been the head coach there for the past three years. Uh, we just finished our tryouts last week. So this is our first week of real varsity practice. Um, I love coaching them. It's fun to do camps and clinics where we see kids for a couple of hours, but to have a group that you're working with for an entire season, I think is so fun. And you get back kind of to that college high school self as a player where you understand how vital and important this time is for a player and um, working in day in and day out and seeing the progress your team makes is just really rewarding too. Um, so it's been great. I, I love it. I love my assistant coaches. I love the group we have. Um, and they're just so excited to go compete. You know, we just had player meetings and we're like, how do you feel about this season to pretty much every player? And they all were going, we're so excited. We're so grateful to be on the field. We missed last year. We've missed it. And um, I think they have an appreciation for playing that they didn't necessarily voice I think they always loved playing but I don't think they necessarily voiced it the way they are this year no that's great and it's nice to you know finally see um these teams get back on the field that wraps up our main questions we're going to take a quick break then we'll hear a word from our sponsor and dive into our five and five
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducanon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. So welcome back. Uh, we're going to dive into our 5-5 five and five segment. Um, I'll start with the lacrosse questions, and the first one I like to ask everyone that comes on our show is, uh, what are some pregame routines that you have? <laughs> um, it's changed a little bit since I've graduated. Um, typically always have Becca Block braid my hair. Um, I usually put my uniform on the same way. Um, and then for me, I'm not much of like a locker room dancer or anything. So I just kind of sit and watch my teammates do it, but, um, really just try to relax and have fun and, um, not take it too seriously. I'm not somebody who sits there super stressed either. Awesome. And uh, number two, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? Um, that's a great question. I think the Carrier Dome was really fun. Um, just like such a historic venue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite venue ever, though, was Towson for our national championship. Um, just because we we sold it out in 2014. There were fans everywhere. Everyone felt really close, which was cool. It just felt like this tight little bubble um that was so fun to be a part of no it's awesome johnny united stadium is definitely uh up there in terms of venues number three uh this is athletes unlimited related question so you know you guys are going to have the opportunity to potentially be captains if you rank on this leaderboard um so if you are a captain this summer who's your first pick putting you on the spot here Ooh, um i'm gonna say marie mccool Awesome. And she was just also announced uh, in this group to, to join the league. Um, number four, who is a teammate or a fellow lacrosse player that you've leaned on as a mentor during your career? That's a great question. Um, I think uh, Alice Mercer is someone that I've leaned on a lot. We played at Maryland together. We were in the same grade. We played club together. We grew up actually playing basketball together in AAU. Um, and now we're on the U S team and, um, you know, we've, it's comforting to have somebody who's known you for so long and knows, knows your ticks and knows, you know, how mm-hmm. to get you going and how to be there for you as a friend as well. Um, so she's somebody that we, I've leaned on, you know, heavily in college, but also a lot post-collegiately just as that, that friend who gets you and that friend who you can look to and just be like, I'm, I'm having a bad day or also like, let's go, let's go like, let's go crush this. And so mm-hmm. I think we have the ability to kind of do that for each other, which has been really helpful. And she's also so good and like, and just so, so slick and 
she's somebody I watch in awe and I can't believe like that some of the things she does. So I look up to her in that sense too, just trying to constantly be better. Awesome. Um, and then my final one, which uh, is kind of the gear side of things, what is your current stick setup? I know that, you know, the women's game specifically is having some changes and um, the ability to kind of customize a little bit more than it has in the past. So what are you rocking these days? I'm using a gate draw. Um, so the gate draw head, I'm not somebody who likes to switch heads and switch sticks for the draw. So mm-hmm. gate draw, I play with it. I take the draw with it. Um, I have the flex mesh in there too. So it's their new mesh. Um, just got a new stick actually in the mail a couple weeks ago that I've been breaking in. So that's been the one that I love. Um, I also like the gate whip too, but for draw purposes and game purposes, I'll be sticking with the gate draw. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you have dominated the draw control <laughs> for a long time. So we're excited to see you out on the field in AU doing it. Thank you. Awesome. And I'll take the off the field. So number one, you're on the field a lot, obviously, but what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy when you're not on the field? I love to ski. I love to water ski, wakeboard. I love being outside, whether it's winter or summer. Um, love country concerts. I've really missed those recently. So mm-hmm. excited to hopefully go to some at some point. Um, and I just love to, you know, spend time with my family, my friends, my dogs, just that we, I'm on the road so much. So whenever I'm able to be home, I really try to just spend time with them too. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for concerts again, for sure. I want to get out to Meriwether and, uh, and, and tailgate and all that good stuff. So uh, number two, who is an athlete in another professional sport that you really enjoy loving watching right now? I love watching Serena Williams play. Um, she's just such a hard competitor and she plays with so much passion, but I also love that she's a mom and she's able to do it all. I think it's just mm-hmm. so inspiring for women to see that and realize that, you know, it is possible to do both at such a high level, the way she does. Yeah. She, she's one of the, the, the top answers. I feel like her and LeBron, uh, we get, we get the most probably. Yeah. And Tom Brady, like, you know, yep. really the three the trifecta, definitive right? goats in their sport. If you, yeah. if you want to get into that conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, number three, favorite spot to vacation. We have a lake house out in Deep Creek, Maryland. So that's like my happy place. I can ski, I can go on the boat. There's not really a lot of service outside of the house. So I can kind of shut down there, which is good. And I usually go there after my summer craziness and sort of after my fall craziness to prepare for spring and summer. So those are like those two weeks of my life are what I like cherish. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, number four, favorite meal. And do you prefer, uh, to dine out, take out or cook at home? I've been cooking a lot at home recently. So I'd probably say dine out just so I don't have to cook. Um, but I think, I mean, my favorite food is Maryland blue crabs. I just love that with, you know, corn and potatoes and whatnot, but, um, favorite food I'd have to say is our favorite meal is probably, um, some sort of like stir fry, fried rice, um, sesame chicken, like a, a hibachi. That's like, mm-hmm. if I can indulge in that, I would all the time. There we go. Uh, and then my last uh, for off the field questions, you know, with quarantine, everyone's been binging a lot, whether it's books, podcasts, shows, movies, what's, what's a recommendation for our listeners? Um, I watched Shit's Creek. I love that show. <laughs> yep. It just makes me giggle. Um, and then 
I've been watching a lot of um, like those true crime documentaries. Those have been coming out nonstop. Mm -hmm. um, but for something a little lighter, I'd go with the other option. Yeah, good, good answer. Yeah, that's what I think Michelle Tumalo's answer was. So, uh, so last yeah, time I have you. a new David sticker on my computer. So. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's so fun. Definitely a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then that wraps up our five and five. The final question we always like to end on is what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? I think just go for it. You know, don't keep work, do the work when no one's watching. Um, mm -hmm. We say that all the time, but knowing the teammates I have at the U S and pro level, I know what work they put in away from the field and how they've been doing it for 20 years. So that little work, that extra work, that extra practice pays off big time. Um, so if it's more runs, if it's stick work, if it's shooting, shooting reps, whatever it is that you think you need to get better at, do it because it does pay off. Little things start to accumulate over time and they make a big difference when you get to the collegiate and pro levels. No, I think that's such a, a great answer and good for our, our young listeners. Uh, remind people where they can find you on social media. Uh, Instagram, I'm Taylor Cummings underscore. Twitter, I'm Taylor Cummings underscore 21, I think. Um, but definitely more, more responsive and on top of it on, on Instagram. And I have a YouTube channel as well. If you, if you look up Taylor Cummings across, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll pop up. Awesome. No, well, we appreciate you coming on. We're super excited to see you play this summer with athletes unlimited. Um, best of luck training for this upcoming season. Thanks. Thanks for having me guys. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducanon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent.